we very, very uh, definitely felt the responsibility in bringing those children together, realizing God had a plan. And that made us just, I think, more patient and loving. I mean, it was his planning that brought it together. Nothing that anybody else did. God brought it together. Welcome everyone to Bringing Kids Home, a TBHC foster care and adoption production. I'm Jennifer Thomas, TBHC's marketing director. We are excited you are joining us today to hear stories of foster care and adoption and how any one of us, including you, can make a difference in a child's life. Stick around and hear how stories of faith and family help bring kids home. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Curry, president of TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. I'm so glad you're with us. My guests today are Duane and Charlotte Turner. They both grew up in Jacksonville, Texas and were married 64 years ago at Enterprise Baptist Church. Their journey of adoption started in 1961 and have been advocates and supporters of that incredible expression of the gospel ever since. They came to TBHC in 1997, where Dwayne served as the Officer of Development and Miss Charlotte worked on campus. Dwayne traveled during their four years at TBHC to 120 churches of the BMA of Texas, and his legacy continues to bless TBHC to this day. Recording is a little different than normal because we recorded this in their home. Dwayne and Charlotte wanted to share because they want families to know the joy of adoption and know that they can make a difference in a child's life. Thank you all both for being on this today. Thank you for asking us and giving us an opportunity to tell our story. Our privilege. Uh, I would love to hear how y'all met. Okay. We met at Enterprise Baptist Church. His dad was pastor. I grew up in that community. And I decided that in, to go start going to the Baptist Church when I was 14. Her, his dad was pastor, and that's when we met. And his mother told him to stop going to Palestine to see girls and that little brown-eyed girl up the hill. <laughs> so he needed to see. He tells me that story. I didn't hear that part. Go ahead, honey. What so else? We had her approval, <laughs> to say the least. And we had not dated more than a few months until... I realized that I might let her get away from me, so <laughs> I hadn't uh, made a proposal of marriage to her, and she said yes. Yeah, yeah. And we, then we married shortly thereafter when she got out of high school. <laughs> wow. And as I said a moment ago, we, we'd been married four years and realized that we probably were not going to be able to have children naturally. Yeah. Man, we agreed. discussed adoption. Mm-hmm prayed about it, and began the process. Wow. Tell them about meeting the, Ms. Gill. Okay, the amazing thing, you've, he's already told you about us going to yeah. Texas Baptist Home, Pilot Point, and I did too. But the amazing thing was how God opened the door when we lived in Henderson. He was Pastor Stonebridge Baptist Church, or Stone Heights Baptist Church, excuse me. And just out of the blue, one of the members said, our daughter does a family that is children are being taken because they're dependent and neglected. Yeah. And one of them is staying with another couple, the Gladys and Norm Large. And they are caring for her but they can't adopt her because they already have so many children they didn't feel I could afford to do that. 
And so they want you to come meet her. And we did. We went to Overton. That's where they live. That's where they were all born is in Overton. And uh, we met Cherry. And within, I would say within a month, we had kept her for uh, over a weekend. And then we'd keep her for a week. But we couldn't legally do any more than that. And uh, then in 1962, we moved to First Baptist Gary. Uh, then uh, our adoption for Cherry was final at that time. And Dwayne was called at, uh, at the East Texas Baptist College where he was attending mm -hmm. and wanted to know if we wanted the other children because that adoption did not work out. And I don't think you have to go into details or why or anything about her leaving. Sure. But her adop th th that adoption did not work out for that couple. Sure. And Judge Gladney called to ask if we would like to take those two children and have a, the family together. And we jumped at the chance. Of course, yeah. we we were there in Henderson before they could hardly say amen. <laughs> and uh, we went before him, and he agreed. And within six weeks, he had uh, waived the adoption waiting time. And we adopted them at the end, too. And well, you know, we became the, a family. Yeah, it's <laughs> so special. One of the things that we talk about a lot today is keeping siblings together. Oh, yes. absolutely, I believe it. And I know y'all do. It wasn't necessarily practiced as often no. back when y'all were adopted. Yeah. What, yeah. what did y'all think of that whole process of like bringing in all the siblings together? We thought it was absolutely yeah. wonderful. We could not imagine having them separated. The, well, just an example, Cherry was two when we she started come, we started keeping her and when we adopted her, she was three. And she had no remembrance of all of John or Candy. And so when she when they came into our home, it was like strangers and she became jealous. She wasn't happy with them. But um very soon, and Candy was old enough that she remembered that she had a, a younger sister. Candy was uh, four, almost five, and John was two at that time. Wow. And they they bonded right away. Well, at least Candy and Cherry did. John and Cherry fought yeah. a lot. <laughs> but I think that's sibling rivalry. <laughs> mm -hmm. They were too close together. Cherry went everywhere with me when I visited to the homes of the community. And uh, when I first started keeping John with me instead of Cherry, that created a little bit of a problem there for a while. <laughs> but, uh, of course, we got beyond that, and Charlotte said they bonded quickly, and uh, we very quickly were a family. Uh, the, it was wonderful. John evidently had been closer to the first adoptive d dad, mm. and... He wouldn't have anything to do with me for a couple of weeks. I mean, you know, I took care of him, but he stayed with Dwayne all the time. He slept with him. I slept with the girls mm -hmm. because he was uh, not comfortable. And then all of a sudden, things began to change. But Candy immediately came, and she said, Can I call yeah. you Mama? He wanted to be with the man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when you think about what he had gone through, with biological family and yeah. even bonding to an, right. a prospective adoptive father. Yeah, at least. father. How did that, did that change anything about the way you approach parenting? We very definitely felt a responsibility in bringing those children together, realizing God had a plan. Yeah. And that made us just, I think, more patient and loving. I mean, it was his planning that brought them. it together. Nothing that anybody else did. 
God brought it together. There was one little side there at Gary was really fun. God had, Cherry had been there about two, almost two years with us, and the, oh, they dearly loved that child. I mean, those people at First Baptist Gary just took her under their yeah, wing and made enough. clothes for her. They did everything. So when they kept saying, "Oh, you don't want to get any more children," uh, that won't be good for Cherry. <laughs> she was so spoiled. <laughs> but they, but of course, it worked out. But oh. they were just jealous for her yeah. that she would be. Put aside, maybe. Sure. Uh, A lot of families, when they talk about adoption, they don't want to disrupt their biological children. They're scared to death that bringing in another kid into Mm -hmm. the family will disrupt what's already good. And I like to remind them, well, it is going to change your family. But what what was the experience like for y'all? What do you think? Bringing them in with Cherry already, our child. I think part of it is the fact that we were... We were in a Christian community, and uh, the people in the community made sure that our kids were part of us and part of them. By the time our kids had been together and with us for a year, it was never a question. And I've been thinking of that. I think probably the fact that Candy recognized Cherry. Cherry might not know her, but Candy was old enough that she remembered she had a younger sister. Yeah. And then, of course, John had just been the baby. So that they, they, we just just considered them family, and they were considered brothers and sisters. And I don't know if we ever went to any extra effort. We just worked it together as a family. Yeah. They were our children, and they were brothers and sisters. Birthdays and celebrations, and you know, we just had a good time. Uh, that's real special. We, uh, Candy start, got to start school at Gary, and then we moved to, as, re, as our son-in-law says, every time I moved in the military, you moved too. <laughs> but that's the outside, you can take that out. But anyway, we moved to uh, Calvary Baptist Church in Gilmer, and they had the same reception there. No one ever said why, you know, or any, any criticism. from. For one thing, they are so much alike as far as looks they are. You could not question that. And they just saw the love that we had and the love the kids had for one another and for wherever they were in church. Our families. Worked in Sunbeam. Our families. (laughs) Yours and mine both. Oh, yeah, our families accepted them completely. Completely. They were immediately recognized as grandparents, as their grandchildren, and aunts and uncles as their nieces and nephews and... We had no, I can't, I, of course, as a Christian family, I think that makes a difference. I don't know how you feel about that. Absolutely. And uh, the family's just accepted. Yeah. So, you know, in the day and age where adoptions happened and you didn't tell the kids, they found oh. out, they found out in their adulthood or some, some strange <laughs> thing. What was y'all's approach to this? Because it we, doesn't sound like you kept it from them. No. We always talked about it. Yep. Yeah, we always talked about it. We always talked about the blessing it was. Yeah. And that, that there was uh, reasons why their family couldn't care for them. Sure. And it had nothing to do with them. It had to do with their abilities to care for them. Sure. And we, it, I don't know well, why things would have to be hard, actually. A sidebar <laughs> in that. Yeah. I'm 6'3". John is 5'4". Yeah. <laughs> and he was constantly said, how about you, John? Did you get kicked away from the table? <laughs> and he would just say, I'm adopted. Yep. And that's all it was to it. That's all it was to it. But you're right. I have known adult people who did not know until 
their parents passed away, but they were adopted. Yep. That was such a beautiful decision. Oh, it is. And so many people, I think, that get that benefit in life, they're blessed by it, for sure. Mm -hmm. We have gone through the adoptions. You've you've stood before the judge. Your life has gone on. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you dealt with as parents that you would say are adoption-specific versus biological? Uh, Probably the... One of the most unique thing was that they were older when they came into our home, not newborn babies. Yeah. And so they had to adapt, and so did we. Yeah. Uh, Cherry was young enough that her adapting was very small. But then John and, and Candy's, they had to adapt more. For instance, I was talking about John wanting bonded with Dwayne, but not with me at the beginning. So yeah. that was one of the things that happened. Candy just is candy, and she always did. She said, I would never, and she still says, I never got mad at anybody. I didn't want anybody yeah. to be mad at me. So she yeah. was always that sweet, good child. Yeah. And they just, they worked together. Yeah. We made sure they knew yeah. that they were a family, not just adopted. That's what yeah. they were, but That's they right. were a family. <laughs> There's a whole different story there. Absolutely. There are a lot of times birth children don't feel like they belong to a family. That's right. That's true. That's very true. And the decision to move to Denver as a church planner. Yeah. When we moved to Denver, a new environment completely. Uh, they were already settled in our home. Oh, yeah. yeah. Adoption was never a problem with yeah. them. Yep. And so it was a completely different environment for them. And this was their home. Yep. Yep. So Candy was nine. Never and questioned And was that. eight. And John was seven when we moved to Colorado. And we, we did so many things, like going to museums yeah. and going to the mountains and camping out. Oh, camping out. That was our favorite thing, because we couldn't afford anything else. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, did they ever want to meet their biological family? Uh, actually, they have. Uh-huh. Uh, well, in a sense, they do. They know who the biological family is. It's not like... in. Well, I'm going to tell you about our younger son in a minute. Now, that was a closed adoption. Mm-hmm. You can't know who his family is. Uh, but it was so open there with the way that it was handled through the judge. Oh. And uh, the, actually, the, when we went to court, I did not sit in the room where they were being declared dependent elected children. I had the three children upstairs in one of the chambers. Gotcha. And I kept them. John was two months at that time. And I, I kind of bonded with them then in that sense because I babysat them while they were, of course we already had Cherry adopted, but there were just things that worked together so that they became a family of children. And that um, that was not, we, we've, in fact, when our granddaughter, John's daughter graduated, like she was homeschooled, we had a graduation for her at their church. They know the connections that they have. And so they, she invited their birth mother uh, our son's birth mother, her grandmother, other other grandmother to her graduation, and uh, Beth came and her new husband and I think they had it was his daughter. I'm not sure, but she had her husband had they were had been divorced and she had remarried, and it was not even uncomfortable. Yeah, we hugged and I thanked her for our children and she said I'm so glad that came to live with you, but the other one then Theron was not open because it was strictly. Welfare. <laughs> yeah. C- not CBS in Colorado. I can't remember what it was there. Wow. But but yes, we shed tears, Beth and I did that day. Wow. 
And she says, I'm thankful because their home life was, I just I think sometimes about where would they be if that had continued, it was. The girls would have been abused in lots of different ways. And that mm. happens so much today, it just makes me nervous to think about it. Mm. Okay. And through it all, God had a plan. That's right. He did. In 1970, uh, we had moved to Colorado in 68. This was 1970. The Lord just laid on my heart that we needed another child. <laughs> we needed a baby this time. It didn't mean that he was going to answer that prayer, but I prayed for that. Uh, um, we went to Adams County introductory meeting for adoption, and they told us then, oh, and we had, by the way, we had a nephew living with us then too, so we already had four children. And they said, um, well, you know, you have four children. It may be two to five years before you can adopt. He was born in October of 1970. We had him in our home in May of 1971. He'll be 50 years old this next weekend, by the way. <laughs> and uh, everything went smoothly. The, adopt the foster mother uh, didn't want to give him up, but they could. you could not adopt. The, and I don't know if it's just in that state or even about 50 years ago, probably even in Texas, if you foster the child, you couldn't adopt. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she, she dearly loved him. And she had this, I have the sweetest letter from her about him. But anyway, then we went and picked him up in La Junta, Colorado, and brought him home, and that was it. <laughs> and uh, we went, was it 12 weeks later, wasn't it? To domestic court is what they yeah. used up there, family court. And the adoption was final. See, God just worked every step of the way. Hi, I'm Jamie Hogan, Executive Program Administrator at TBHC Foster Care and Adoption Services. Did you know there's over 7,000 children waiting for adoption today? Did you also know that Texas has 30,000 children entering foster care every year? At TBHC, our hope is to provide the highest quality of care for kids who are coming from really hard places. We work to make sure that children in our care have a safe and loving home and that their dreams have no limits. What if you could be a part of making those dreams possible? I'd like to invite you to join the thousands of people who help TBHC meet the needs of children by going online to tbhc.org and clicking the donate button. Our ministry depends on supporters like you to help bring kids home. On our website, you can also find out more information about our agency, inspiring stories, and ways to pray for TBHC kids. To find out how you can make an impact on children in foster care, check us out at tbhc.org. And adoption was final. See, God just worked every step of the way. God... I don't know that he planned to take the children away from their parents, but I know that the, for the reasons that they were taken away, that God used that for his plan to be completed. Yeah, he was born in October, in, in May of 74. Mm -hmm. He's a, quite a young man. <laughs> I'd love for you to meet him sometime. Yeah. What would you say about them becoming adults? and watching them grow up, seeing them have families. Oh, yeah. yeah. T talk about that for a minute. One of the great joys of life. Yes. We, Candy and Ricky married when she was 17. He was, uh, Dwayne was pastor at Liberty Baptist Church in Longview, which is now sovereign life, isn't that what they call it? But anyway, uh, he was a member of the church. They met and they married. Within, uh, they had our first grandchild. 
And they went, uh, he joined the military there for 34 years, but they were always close to us no matter what, where they were. We never had to say, oh, I wish my kids would visit us or something because they were there. Our grandkids would write us letters. We didn't have iPads in the end of those days. And uh, we just kept in contact. Now, Cherry, <coughs> Cherry has always been more of our myself child. Do you have one of those? Do it myself. Your little girl may turn into that. And she always had walked a little bit different path than the others. And she's the one we were talking about was going to Houston to be with her youngest son. And then John and Angela met in Dallas, and they've been a great blessing. Angela is just a wonderful Christian lady, and they have four children. And uh, we have grandchildren, from, great-grandchildren from them. <laughs> And then, of course, there and his his sons are uh, eighteen and twenty one. So you know we don't have grandchildren from them yet. <laughs> Although with Ben's liking Skyla so much, who knows? Uh, but yeah, and yes, you you have all the same anxieties when they start dating, mm-hmm. whether they're birth children, sure, or adopted children. And we had some anxiety. I never had an anxiety of Rick and Candy. He walked in that front door, and I said. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm serious. I did. We loved him immediately. Cherry was always that one that was going to do it her way. So that was a little worry for us. John, we really didn't. He joined the Navy and then came out and met Angela, and they went back in the Navy and never had a problem. And Theron, we never, ever had a worry with him. Absolutely. He married a, a sweet Christian girl, and they moved back to her home in Oar City, <laughs> and that's where they've been. He was... I, we just really never, do you think, ever had a worry with him? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't remember one. He was such a special young man. But now in that sense, we have no way of tracing who his family was. He knows that he was born in Denver General sure. um, on October the 9th in 1970. But they closed the records in Adams County. Unless I'm sure there's a way you could go to court probably and have open records. His mother was... Uh, a teenager, and she did not even take the baby from the hospital. She, he was a, taken to a foster care from the hospital. Wow. So, uh, and one of the things that, when I was telling this story, in this kind of, there and well, I was doing this at a ladies' meeting, and he was there. They were supporting me. Yeah. <laughs> the kids were, and I said, you know what? When we went to Adams County, we told them that we would a child who needed. Um, who was special needs in any way, physically, mentally, or even of another race, would be fine with us. And he said, you mean I was a special needs child? I said, no, (laughs) you were not. You were a beautiful child. But that's how we felt. But one of the questions they ask, and I don't know if you were asked this or not, how would your family feel if you adopted a black child? And, uh, of course, we said we think they would be okay, but we would have to find out. And then they found us this beautiful baby, and when he was seven months old, he was in our home. It's amazing. I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. When I think about it, they know how we feel. We know that they think well, this yeah. was God's plan. Yeah. It's not They've something we just say, all. oh, well, you know, this is what happened. It didn't yeah. just happen. Yeah. Well, let me turn y'all to come into work for Texas Baptist Home for Children in of ministry. That's busy. Now you get an opportunity to come work for an agency. Kind of talk about how you decided to do that. I was pastoring at Scurry at the time. I had gone to a state uh, meeting. I was on state mission board. 
gone to a meeting and uh, Brother Ted Johnson came to me and said, before you go home, I want to talk to you. We've got a place in the Dare Queen and sat and talked a while and he told me, he said, I want you to come to Texas Baptist Home and serve. And I knew instantly that this was next God's next appointment for me. Even before Charlotte and I talked about it, I knew. But when I got home and told her, she was 100% fine of it. And so very shortly thereafter, we were looking to buy a home and moved over there. And I served that four years, which I told Randy Odom the other day when he and I were talked about two weeks ago, that I consider that one of the most important ministries of my life. And I had more opportunities for evangelism both in my visits and on the campus. Yeah. Any other place I've served the same length of time. And uh, I still look back upon it as, as a, a real special moment in my life. He actually, he turned 65 then and he retired right after that. He decided he needed to retire. Then he was already pastored again two times. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't get away from that. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was fine. I loved the, uh, the thought of being with the children there. But I worked with the moms. Yeah. I don't know if you know that I worked, uh, they had the Hannah's ministry. Yeah. And uh, then the ministry of, uh, they had two women's ministries actually. Yeah, her ministry's in Bordy's Nine Laws. But anyway, I enjoyed that very much. I just was a volunteer. I didn't work salary. In fact, I had a job, uh, at home job from at Richardson. I worked for 20 years at um, contract work from there. But when we lived up in Plano, by the way, you don't know that story. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I loved doing that. I really um, got to know a lot of people in Watts, actually, actually the pediatrician and the different people, the firemen who came and talked to them, the CPR, those kinds of things. And we really, and that was a good, good blessing for me that I got to do that. And I'm still on Facebook in contact with a couple of those girls, moms. One of them, Diane, lives in... Big Sandy and she and her husband have made a wonderful change in their life, and yeah. her all of her posts are about Jesus and about the Lord. And uh, the other young lady lived at Carthage, yeah. but there were others too. But those particular ones, I'm still in touch. That was special. So y'all gave a lot, and you got a lot, yeah, as well. We got a lot, yes. We got a lot of blessings out of we it. Did. Absolutely. To this day. As I said a moment ago, it's still one of the most important periods of my life. When you preached, you yeah. know, and talked to people about that. Right. Can you think of one of your favorite examples of that? Well, I had I had charts that showed each way that the home was ministering at that time, and I just went in and set up those charts, and went kind of like you did this morning. I I would spend about fifteen or twenty minutes telling about the home and all the different ways that the home was ministering to people and then I would bring a message. Mm-hmm. And uh, at, uh, that part of my life that I miss the most is the preaching part. Yeah. It changed churches in the sense that most of those people in the smallest Texas churches that I visited did not know what we were doing. And uh, 
then I made that presentation at those churches, and I made that presentation at local associations. I did that at state association for that four years, and that's that's what I did. Yeah. And that's what people recognized when they saw me. That's what they recognized before. Yeah. I, I think that one, he was so good at one-on-one ministering to people. And I think that came over so strongly that, and his love for yeah. what he was doing. Yeah. That makes a big difference in people's lives. Just we like went, you. Mm-hmm, yep. We, uh, there's a church out close to Shamrock, Texas. We went all the way out there, and they were not BMA church. But brother, Ted, that someone in the church knew Clarence, brother Ted, Clarence, not Ted, but Clarence's dad, okay. C.B. Stanley. Yeah. He had been out there with them. In those days, it was an orphanage, and so they could give meat, vegetables, etc. Sure. And they knew the home, but they didn't know the changes. And we went out there and spent a weekend with a sweet, sweet lady who, Ms. Meeks, who took us in. My mother was traveling with us then, and we just, mother just was impressed so much. We she we just had yeah. such a good time. But just simpler, simply being a part of a the church or the particular family you were visiting yeah. with made the difference. Don't you think, yeah. Dwayne? No, no question. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. I said, we went to Springfield, Missouri because there was a BMA pastor from Italy that had moved up there and he, he called and asked him to come. and present Well, my advantage when I went to that work was the fact that I knew the pastors. Yeah, we knew everybody. <laughs> I'd grown up in the BMA. That's one reason I think and, Ted uh, wanted I didn't go him. anywhere that people didn't know who I was. Yeah. They didn't know me, they knew Daddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Uh, that was a distinct advantage for me at that time. Well, in, in a crowded room, they could still see you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah. So obviously, it was like a glove. It just fit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, what would you say is the most important part and most meaningful to you about working for TBHC? Getting to know so many people being with so many pastors and sharing that time with them and sharing with our people what the real ministry of the home was all about. That was, to me, that was a contribution I was able to make. If you had the privilege to go back in time and talk to yourselves (laughs) about adoption, what is it that you would have told yourselves in 1960, 1961 when you were talking about it? What would you have told yourselves? God had a plan. He put two people together and who found out they could not have, and they each one had the same mind that they yeah. wanted children. Yeah. And that God opened the door for adoption. I mean, who would you think there in a church member would say, oh, we know somebody that knows somebody that. But and, God opened the doors. Yeah. We'd exhausted all the doors we need to open to try but by to. Open. Physically, we were trying to do it. Sure. Yeah. But God opened that door. Yeah. I'm and sure there th- yeah. with Theron. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> that was so amazing. Especially when we had four, this lady that came in and of course they come out and inspect you. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, home visit. And uh, But the adoptive homes today still needs the same basic foundation that we had when we brought those kids into our need home. A Christian home. Well, the world needs to know about adoption. Yes, they do. Yes. And to say that there's one thing specific that people need to know, what is that? 
find that child that needs you and put your arm around them and love them. Don't be afraid of where they came from. Right. Just think about where they're going and they're yeah. into your home. And to, as he said, put your arms around and love them. You're going to have ups and downs. I think that it would sum it up. Just open your arms yeah. and love them. Yeah. And I loved what you said about children this morning and listening to them when they... Oh, yeah. Okay. I so yeah. agree that children are truthful. Oh, they might hide things from you if you're because you don't want they want to know if you <laughs> spill something or whatever. But they yeah. are truthful, and when they say to you something, it might seem out of the blue, but you need to listen to them. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the best things I think you can do for children is uh, listen to them. Like one of our little grand great granddaughters one day we were talking, I was complimenting her on her pretty little purple outfit she had. She said, my daddy doesn't like it. He likes brown. <laughs> uh, we, were, we just had a good laugh. It's just, come, that was what's on her. And whenever I said that, that's what Brighton came out with. And she that was a truthful thing for her. Don't put them down. Say, oh, Brighton, why did you say that? Just listen. Well, Thank you all so much for doing this with me today. I feel like it's my privilege. Yes, I do too. You too. Thank you. That's good. Good. If you would like to get in touch with today's guest or any of our previous guests, you can contact us through email, podcast at tbhc.org. That's podcast at tbhc.org. Leave us a comment, recommend a guest to our show, and give us a five-star review. And don't forget to subscribe. To everyone listening, thanks for helping bring kids home. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, tbhc.org, and discover how you can participate in bringing kids home.